That is such a beautiful sight to my heart. Such a beautiful sight, a beautiful sound. It's just good stuff to worship. And you know, the Bible says, those who have been forgiven much love much, you know? And the more we understand how lost and depraved and desperate and full of death that we were without Jesus, the more we understand his gift and his sacrifice for us, right? And then we want to worship. Like, we got to dance and we got to sing and we got to shout and we got because there's just this gratefulness that rises up in us, right? And I'm hearing it and I'm seeing it. And I know in my own soul, too, there's just a, a gratefulness for tonight and for what God has done. Can somebody get these lights for us, please? That would be great. That would be great. You know, um, we've had a great day, even though it was rainy. Some rich fellowship happened in this house and good things. And we've been in the Word. And um, it's not over yet because I'm super excited about tonight. You know, it's not like we try to have a finale on Saturday night. But this Word is going to come into a finale tonight. And we've got something planned laterhood that I think is kind of a finale of the sisterhood that's been developed. But that's for later and a surprise for later. So we'll save that for then. But let's get our Bibles open and give God our ears and our hearts as he brings all of this to this place of an anchor, this hope that we have. And you know that scripture, right? Right? So let's say it together. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. And you don't just know those words, but you know what that means, right? You know those truths. And tonight we're going to talk more about this hope. This hope. Tonight, I, I think God's been doing this all weekend, but tonight I think he just wants to differentiate even more between this kind of hope that he's telling us about that is ours for the taking and the hope that we get in other places and we tend to often reach for. This hope is far greater, far more trustworthy, far more lasting, far more full of the peace that we just sang about than any other kind of hope. And tonight, ladies, God's going to really show us two things that are simple and yet they're very profound and can anchor us, right? Can get the grip of death off of us, right? We sang that. We want to live that, right? We don't want the, the grip of the death of sin to have any power over us. God has loosened those chains and put an anchor in our hands for us to use. And we want to know about that anchor. So tonight, he's going to talk to us about the anchor. And he's going to let us know that it is an anchor for our souls. And what does that really mean, right? It sounds nice, but what does that really mean? And what does that look like in day-to-day -day life? We talked today at the table, tonight at the table, about some areas where we might feel hopelessness and how that manifests itself in our day-to-day -day lives. God wants to reach the anchor of his, his hope. He wants us to grab hold of that hope, that anchor, and put it down into those places in our souls so that we're not tossed all over the place into, into the, the sin that, get, that then tends to get a grip on us and toss us around. So we're going to talk about that tonight. So first of all, let's start with this idea that the, the hope is an anchor. You know, that's the image that God chose to put in his word. 
He could have chosen all different kinds of pictures, right? I mean, many times he speaks in all different kinds of metaphors, talking about things, but here for hope, he used the image of an anchor. And how many of us know that no word of God in this word is just random and like just whatever, you know, it's intentional. And more often than not, I have found that there is so many layers of truth almost in like every word. And the more we mine it out and sit with the Holy Spirit and let him teach us, he shows us things that we would never see otherwise. God could have chosen anything, but he chose an anchor. And really, within this anchor, he shows us how incredible this hope is. And he really teaches us kind of the whole chapter of what he's been talking about. And we're going to see that tonight. One of the things that I have found is that the Lord will speak to me He'll download information to me, give me revelation and illumine his scripture when I meditate on his word. The Bible calls us all throughout the word to meditate on the word. And yet, I would say probably in our culture more than any other, it is harder to do that than ever. Because we have so much information flying at us so quick. We're we're going this up, this up, this up, this up. We can switch around and swipe in every direction, right? And, and so your mind barely stays on something for a second before another image is coming in. And we just have all this stuff. And so it's hard enough to, to meditate anyway, I think, for our brains. And then living in this culture, if you're, you know, at all have one of these things, right? I mean, y- your brain's just everywhere. It's hard to meditate. If you've got a personality like mine that likes to be doing and going and a busy bee and checking off things off the list, it's very hard to settle down and to meditate. But I have learned when I will do that, that God begins to engage my mind and my heart. When he sees that I'm leaning in and I really want to know what he wants to say to me, not just get a quick fix or a quick word or whatever, but I really want to know what he has to say. Sometimes even meditating for weeks or months on something, he will begin to just illumine my mind. That's one of the reasons why I really like Fall Bible Getaway, because it forces me to do that. Because if we, we decided early on when we decided to have Fall Bible Getaway, that the teaching would center on one passage of scripture that we would sit in and we would meditate on and we would work through for the whole weekend. If, if, if you've been here this weekend and engaged at all, you've probably noticed, I mean, I've mentioned a, a scripture here or there, but for the most part, where have we been? Hebrews 6. We're not all over the place, and that's on purpose. That's very intentional. Because when we leave here, we want all of us to be able to own Hebrews 6. When, when your pastor starts reading something, you'll be like, oh, I know that, right? Because you've been in it. You've been marinating in it all weekend, so we've done that. But you know what that forces for me? Because i got to have a lot to say about Hebrews 6, right? I mean, we're here for three days, right? And we're intentionally wanting this to be the fall Bible getaway, so we're going to spend a lot of time in this Word. On my own, I don't have that much to say about Hebrews 6, right? I'm, I'm just like anybody else. And so it forces me, the nature of the way we decided to do this, forces me to meditate to get before God and say, God, you got to give me more than that because that's all I got. <laughs> and he will do that. So I'll spend months just going over this passage. I like to walk and pray in the mornings. And, and I memorize scripture a lot for the purpose of having something to talk with God about on these prayer times. If not, they just become all about me and me just talking about all my stuff. 
But when I've got scripture stored in my heart, then God can bring it up and say, hey, remember that? And, and then just start talking to me about it. And that's when I find he will illumine. And one of the things that God revealed to me during this season of meditating and walking and praying, just out one morning on my walk, God just started talking to me about this image of an anchor and how incredible it is. I never really thought of it before. I just thought, oh, okay, hope's like an anchor, right? And, and even in the world, I mean, if you Google an anchor, you know, people find the image of an anchor to be kind of inspirational, like anchor your life. You know, um, put it down deep, get your roots. You know, I mean, we find inspiration in that. But God has a lot more inspiration in the anchor. For instance, and I've got this board up here to help us out a little bit. Um, the structure of an anchor starts with a cross. Did you see that? We've been looking at anchors all weekend. Did you notice that? That there's a cross in the anchor. <laughs> We were talking about that the other day before all of you came, and um, we normally, for the last two years that we've been here, I've done the teaching over here, and then um, we've had the worship over here. Well, this year, since we were using the slides, we decided to switch that. And so then we were thinking, okay, will that work? And then we all looked up, and we were like, hey, there's crosses up there. We were here for three years and never saw the crosses. <laughs> Did anybody else? Maybe you guys did, but we didn't. Now you've been looking at it all week, but when we were looking this way, we didn't see the crosses. In fact, I said, oh, there's a cross there in the middle. And one of the other girls said, actually, there's three of them there. <laughs> I didn't even see the three. You can look at something for a long time and never even really see what's there. We might've been looking at the anchors all weekend and never seen the cross right in the anchor. Just like we might have been looking at this all weekend or we were here for several years and didn't see it till we just really, really looked. Well, God showed me that there was an anchor in, in the, or there was a cross in this anchor. And that's pretty profound because we know that this anchor is Jesus, right? But when God showed me specifically that there was a cross in this anchor, it was really profound to me because it was like he was adding another layer on to something he had taught me at another season several years ago when I was also meditating on another passage of scripture. And it was actually for Fall Bible Getaway Year 2. A couple of you who were here might remember that. That's the year we did the Wonders of the Cross. And we went through some passages in Hebrews for that. And during that season, God revealed so much to me about the cross as I was meditating on those scriptures. But one of the things I want to specifically describe for you that's going to have some bearing tonight is this, that the cross was really more than just two pieces of wood that go like that, you know, for Jesus to die on because that's kind of how they killed people back then in, in a way that was, you know, a, a punishment. God was sovereign over the fact that Jesus died on a cross, and there is so much imagery in its shape. See, the vertical line of a cross represents God in heaven coming down to the earth. God, holy God, coming down to the earth from heaven to us, living amongst us, dying and resurrecting to offer us life. The horizontal line, when he meets us down here, is really representative of us. Just going about life, doing our things. You know, we're born, we grow up, we eat food, we, you know, play soccer, we do laundry, we go to school, we meet people, we get married, we, you know, all, all the different things, just scurrying about, doing our life, all of this, and yet, when 
us doing our stuff intersects with God coming down. As we begin to grow up and mature in him, what happens, he doesn't take us out of this world, but because of the cross of Jesus and what it's opened up for us, it begins to raise us up. So we don't live a life like the rest of the world as long as we stay centered in Jesus, right? He raises us up out of that stuff. So our lives begin to look different. They become set apart as we live in the center of the gospel. So now, knowing all of that, and that's just been something, because I'm telling you, I was just walking one day, talking to Jesus about some of the scriptures, and all that just came to me. Like, I'm not that smart. I, I, don't, I can be creative, but that doesn't happen like in a second. Like, all of a sudden, I see it completely different. And that's exactly what happened the other day with this anchor when he showed me that the cross was in it. And I was like, wow, because immediately I went back to those things that he had taught me several um, years ago. We can look at something and not even really see what's there. But tonight, God really wants us to see. See, what's the other part of an anchor that's at the bottom? The two pieces of an anchor that are at the bottom here are actually called the arms of an anchor. Now, I'm not a maritime girl, so I had to look that up, honestly. I just knew that these things were there, and I knew what the Holy Spirit was starting to show me. Let me actually draw a bigger one so I can do what I want to do here. All right, so we've got the cross, and we've got these arms here. So usually those things are, are made of wood, or they're made of metal, or whatever the anchor is constructed of, but they, they give support so that that can pierce down in and, and give that stability. And in a moment, we're going to talk about what they pierce into, but for now, what I want us to talk about is the number two. The number two, because there are two of these arms, right, that are right beside the cross. Have you noticed how repetitive the number two is in Hebrews 6? And something else God showed me as I was walking that day. He so wants us to have strong encouragement for this hope, so he's given us two unchangeable things, right? He gave us his promise. And he gave us his hope, right? He so wanted us to have that encouragement, right? He assures us this hope is two things. It's sure and what? It's steadfast, right? These things are really important to the Lord. And he wants us to take hold of this hope. So he calls us to two things, faith and what? Right? Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. <laughs> this anchor teaches us this whole chapter. It's a reminder to us. It's a way for us to grab hold of this. So you look at this anchor and you've got the cross, this picture of God coming down to us and this promise that as we live in Christ, he raises our lives up. And then you have these images of the two. His promise which is his word that he has told us he will give us better things. His oath that he came and met us in our uncertainty, our world of non-trust, and he gave us Jesus to guarantee us that we would always have this promise of better things because the door into the Holy of Holies is open, giving us access to those better things, right? So, so important. Because of these things, right? 
When we really know deep within us, we know that this hope is both sure, right? We don't have to question. We can know that we have surely been promised these things and that it's a steadfast hope. It's never going to change. And our part is that we be obedient and diligent in faith and patience to take hold of that hope. God chose an anchor to be such an incredible reminder to us of what he's saying here in this passage, and we're not even done yet. I'm a visual girl. I've told you that before, so this really speaks to me, and I hope it does to you. As I look at that, it helps me to take those truths and kind of put them into an image to help me remember all of them together and to actually put this anchor to use. See, God doesn't just want us to know that this hope is an anchor and we put it on a shirt and we paint it on a picture and all those things. He wants us to put this anchor to use in our everyday lives so that every time the Holy Spirit brings an anchor into you for us, we have that memory right? That goes, oh, I know what that is, right? That is a reminder to me. It's a way for the Holy Spirit to cause us to meditate on the things that God has said to us. You know, when you think of the symbolism of an anchor also, you think of strength and stability. That could be two more things that you could write there because that's what God is talking. He wants to bring this hope into our lives so that we're not tossed all over the place, right? So that we can have strength and stability. That's, that's what an anchor provides. If a ship is whirling around, if the sailor puts the anchor down into the water, it might take a few moments for that to get down there and anchor it deep. But when it does, that ship becomes stable. And so it is with a life. When a life is being tossed around in the midst of junk, right? You put the anchor of hope down into that and it steadies that life. That life is steady and in step with the Holy Spirit. I also saw this in the symbolism though as I was meditating on it. That when, when somebody puts down an anchor, a lot of times it's because they're, they're at the end of the journey, right? Put down the anchor. We finally arrived, right? And ladies... God knows that the journey of being created for the abundance of his blessings and yet us having to live in brokenness, having to go on that journey is really hard. He knows it because he came here and lived it, right? He lived amongst us. The Bible says that everything that we have been tempted with or deal with, Jesus had to deal with too. And that's why he can become a living hope because he understands. When he resurrected from the dead, this anchor of hope with giving us this anchor of hope he gave us this thing so that we don't have to question or or wonder about it and he put his goodness down into the soil he came down and he put his goodness down into the soil of this broken world that he's piercing the soil with his with his goodness piercing the soil of this broken world and Jesus becomes that anchor that's there. I, I told you earlier that God really wanted to talk to us about two things tonight. How the hope is an anchor, right? We've talked about that some. We'll get back to it in just a minute. But also how this hope is not just a general anchor for all Christians, right? But it is an anchor of the soul. You know what? We don't have a collective soul, right? Each one of us have a soul, right? I, I I pray that the anchor of hope anchors all believers. 
But really, it's up to me to decide whether I'm going to grab that anchor of hope and whether or not it's going to be an anchor for my soul. The imagery is great to think of, okay, that's really inspiring. This hope is an anchor. But the question then becomes very personal when you say, is it an anchor for my soul? Am I using the anchor that God has given me? You know, when the Bible uses the word soul, the word that it's most often translated from is the Greek word suke, and that's spelled P-S-E-U-C-H-E, suke, all right? It actually has some roots in our English word psyche and kind of speaks into that a little bit. Because the definition of this word suke in the Greek is really, if you put it in its simplest form, it's our mind, our will, and our emotions, okay? So when you think of your soul, right, you're thinking of the way you think, that's your mind, the way you um, act or what you do, that's your will, and then your emotions, how you feel. That's kind of like your psyche, right? It's like the seed of your personality. It's what makes Diana different from Jordan, from Amber. From We all have a different soul. We all think different. We all feel different. We all act different. And what this is saying is that anchor is, is for our soul. Because you know what? How we think and how we feel and how we act is exactly where hopelessness usually attacks us, right? It gets down into those places and starts swirling them all around. This anchor is supposed to be a very used anchor. It's supposed to be something that you're grabbing hold of every day throughout the day, not just when you go to Bible study and show up at church and have worship time. This anchor needs to be something like you carry around with you everywhere you go because you're constantly going to need to be dropping it down into the soil of brokenness into the sea of brokenness that you live in that starts tossing your soul around getting your mind all up in a wad right your emotions all crazy and and your will doing things that you sometimes go what am i doing and you keep doing it anyway right i i've told you one of the things i've struggled with over the years is overeating and just letting food be a, a drug for me and so, I mean, I have at times been sitting there like shoving it in going, I don't even want this and, and I can't stop. Does anybody know what that's like? I, I think you probably do or whatever it is for you has become your thing. And, and it's like we have no power over that. But see the anchor of hope, Jesus, who sets us free from that kind of grip of death can change all of that if we've got that anchor nearby and we're using it on a daily basis. You know, sometimes you might get a phone call maybe with bad news and something that maybe changes the landscape of how you're seeing things are going to be in your life and, and what happens in your mind. Your mind starts just going crazy, right? Starts blowing around. You start thinking, how could this happen? What's going to happen now? Oh my goodness, I'm such a loser. This is never going to work out for me. Why does this always... You know the places, right? that your mind can go, your emotions, what happens? Anxiety starts just like creeping up and you feel like you can't breathe. Maybe your heart starts to pump or, or that feeling of, of fear strikes hard or anger rises up. I mean, emotions can just beat us up quick, right? I mean, they just start or, or in your will, you're like, I gotta have something to make me feel better, <laughs> right? Because I feel crazy right now. Your mind's already taking you to a dark place. 
your emotions are, are really fueling those thoughts. You don't really feel like you can reach out to God or, or a lot of times there's this crazy resistance going on with that. So you start searching for anything to help you feel better in your soul. Maybe you reach for a drink or you find some chocolate, you reach for a pill, you kick the dog, you tell the bank teller off or you yell at your husband or whatever. I mean, your will just starts acting crazy, right? When you're feeling these things. And a lot of times we excuse it and we say, oh, I'm just having a really bad day, right? This is, everything went wrong today. It always happens to me. And we excuse it. We say, that's okay. And all the while, this anchor is just sitting right there that we're just supposed to grab. And it's supposed to steady us. It's supposed to actually do something, not just be a picture on a t-shirt. It's supposed to actually be used over and over and over again. Have you ever seen an anchor that's used? Like it's been down in, in the water doing its job. I mean, it's rusty and cruddy and all that stuff. That is a beautiful anchor because that anchor is doing its job. If your anchor's all pretty on your t-shirt, I mean, don't go home and destroy your shirts, right? And by the way, don't put those shirts in the dryer. It's not good for them, okay? Hang them up. <laughs> we should have told you that. So, duh, that's a, I mean, that, that was something I thought of earlier, and I thought, we need to tell them, so great moment to do it. But the point is, the anchor is supposed to be used, ladies, right? It's supposed to get used. It's not supposed to just be this pretty image that makes us feel good as believers when everything's going our way, but then we have no clue how to put it to use in the moments when our souls really need it. When the waves of hopelessness threaten, if you think about it really, and you're really honest with yourself, often it manifests into every part of your soul. The way you think, the way you feel, and what you do. And a lot of times for us as women, what we do is we start talking and we start complaining and we start whining and we start saying how bad it is. And you know what we do? We just make it worse. We use all our energy that we could be using to grab that anchor and put it down into where it needs to go. Just bleh, right? And then we just make ourselves feel worse and we make everybody else feel worse around us. It might happen in a moment Right? Like what I just described, maybe you get that phone call or something happens and that wave of hopelessness just like comes over you. Or it can manifest itself in your life over weeks and months and, and even years sometimes, especially if you're dealing with a situation that lasts for a very long time. These things in your soul, these patterns in your soul just become normal to you. And you don't even realize that your life is just like living on a stormy sea all the time. We might have fallen into hopelessness so much so that we don't even recognize it because it's just normal. But it shows up in the way we think, in the way we feel, and what we do. But God wants us to know, for every one of us, every one of us sitting in this room that has a soul, and so God wants every one of us to know we don't have to live like that. And I'm speaking that to me just as much as I am to you. This hope is not just an anchor. It's an anchor for what? for the soul to anchor us in the goodness of God and to not let us get swayed back and forth into falling away because see a lot of times what we fall away into those dark thoughts those emotions that are harmful and 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 just feed a bunch of garbage right in our lives the the will that causes our sin to or causes our lives to start you know participating in sin whether it's whining and complaining or you know um, reaching for false gods or whatever it is that that kind of thing is not the way that God designed us to live 
That's none of the better stuff that God has for us. But when we open up our heart to mature, right? And we put our faith and patience in action, we see that when we put this anchor down into those places, those things start getting steadied. And we begin to see these good things of God start to rise up in our lives. It takes a lot of faith to grab hold of that anchor when you're feeling like that or thinking like that or really wanting to do something that is not beneficial or mature as a believer. It takes a lot of faith to choose something different, to grab hold of that anchor and put it down into your life, into your soul. So first of all, let's talk about our thoughts. Have you ever been in a place of hopelessness and your mind just won't stop? Like, it's just like churning. The negative thoughts, the worrisome thoughts, the fearful, angry, bitter, filled thoughts. They just churn all day long or all night long. You can't sleep, right? And it's awful. You feel like you're literally being tossed around. There's an anchor that can steady your mind. Steady your mind and bring thoughts that are filled with truth and hope. His name is Jesus. He is the hope. His cross, right? His cross, his arms, right? His authority, it can pierce the brokenness of this world with his goodness. And I speak from experience when I talk to you about that churning all night long or all day long that you just can't stop. It's awful, I've been there. But when you put faith and patience into action, faith and patience into action, you can put the anchor of Jesus down into the midst of that. And he begins to transform your thoughts. And he begins to renew your mind. And he steadies you. And he points your thoughts in different directions. And he fills you up with peace in your mind. And what about emotions? I, I know what it's like for emotions to, to send you up into a fit of anxiety, right? Or down into a pit of depression. But I also know what it's like. When you're in that place to take hold of that anchor and purposefully, intentionally put it down into those emotions, right? Throw in the anchor of hope, Jesus, into the midst of those highs and lows and watch him steady your emotions, right? He'll do it with his word. He'll do it with his presence, his voice whispering in your ear. Sometimes he'll use a friend to call you right in that moment who's got truth for you. He'll, he'll use all kinds of creative ways. If our God is creative enough to create all of this, right? And this is just one view of this world, right? There's so many creative things in this world. If he is creative enough to do that, he is creative enough to find a way to speak into each of our emotions and do something about them and know how to steady them. And what about our wills? Too many times because we're hopeless, we turn towards false gods. That's why if there's a pattern of sin in your life, I think most of the time we can trace it back to hopelessness in some way or another because we feel hopeless so we reach for something else and we've lost our faith that God can do anything about it. And so we're just trying to dull the pain and make our way through until we can maybe get to the other side, right? But they're false gods. So they can't do what we think they're going to do. But Jesus, he's an anchor for our will. And if we'll grab hold of him as an anchor for our soul, he'll keep us steady. He won't allow us to drift over here to false gods, but he'll provide what we truly need. And more often than not, more than we need, right? 
the better things, the blessings from heaven. You know, just like if you were on a ship and things got crazy, you would have to have skill and know-how to really put that anchor down. It's not like you just grab it and go, oh, I hope it lands in a good place, right? A really skilled person who works on a ship, you know, they know how to grab that anchor, how to send it over, where to send it to get that thing down. And ladies, as believers, we've got to develop skills to know how to pick up that anchor, how to drop it down into our emotions, how to drop it down into our thoughts, how to drop it down into our wills, knowing how to use that that anchor. The more time we spend with Jesus, the more we're apprenticing under his spirit, right? He's going to teach us how to use this anchor that he's put in our hands. As a believer with an open heart, the more time that you're with him, you're maturing, you're growing up. That's why the beginning of this chapter said, you got to grow up because God knows you, you can't just grab an anchor and throw it over in your life, right? You, you've got to know how to do it. You, you've got to be mature and have these, these know-hows operating in your heart. You've got to have the Word of God you know, deeply flowing through your mind to be able to do that. But the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. And you'll find that your life becomes steady and not tossed here and there all the time. Your faith will have matured to know that this hope that you have as an anchor for your soul is not just a pretty sounding thing for a song at church. It is something that is real, that you use every day with grit, right? With diligence, with patience, with faith. See, the crown of this hope really pierces. Now, what, what do I mean by that? We haven't looked at the last part of the anchor yet, it's really where the cross and these arms here come together, right here. This part of an anchor is, interestingly enough, called a crown. And there's such a picture for us in that, ladies. This is the gospel of Jesus. It is the living hope for us. Look with me what I believe um, God wants us to see, and I totally mean that because, honestly, I had gotten all of that that day that I was walking, but then I was like, God, there's got to be something more. And about a week ago, he woke me up one morning at 4 o'clock to go to the bathroom. Yes, that happens often. But as I got up, I mean, literally, like I'm half asleep, and this whole thing just like, and I was so tired, and I climbed back in bed, and I was like, you better not go to sleep because you'll forget it all by the time you get up. And so I finally climbed up out of bed and went and, and wrote this down. But... You know, God, when he sent Jesus here, coming down to earth, there was great purpose in that, right? I mean, that had been in the plan, actually the Bible tells us, before the foundation of the earth. There's such love in that, to know that God knew we were going to turn our backs on him, and he already had a plan in mind before he ever even created us. But he sent Jesus with mission. He looked at our turmoil at the waves of life just threatening us over and over and over again to take us under, and he knew we needed to be rescued from that. He saw our hopelessness, our helplessness. We couldn't do it by ourselves, and he knew that he had to provide that place of safety for us. So he came down, right? And we talked about that. He came down, and as we connect with him, and you know, there's a lot of people out here and here that never connect with Jesus, and their life is very worldly, it's very carnal, it's very base, Right? They enjoy a lot of things on this earth, but, but it's never raised up out of the depth of this sin. But for those of us to do, God raises us up. A promise to be raised all the way up one day, but for now, he at least raises us up to a different kind 
of life. And that's the cross. We talked about that. And then we talked about the arms, you know, his promise, his oath, his sure and steadfast hope, the faith and patience that we need to have. And if you could just even think about that as like his arms wrapping around us, right? And then our arms wrapping around him, like grabbing hold of what he's given us at, in that anchor. But then we've got the point of this anchor. It pierces this broken world with his goodness his perfection, his holiness. And when it pierces, it speaks. So many promises, right? It speaks a word of better things. Coming down into this dark, you know, stormy world, speaking better things. It speaks a word of, it's not over. It speaks a word of, peace be still, I've got you. Let's look ahead to, to what you have, the better things. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. See, through the work of Christ, his cross, his heart, he pierced through what? the veil that separated us. And so that anchor, like coming down, it, when Jesus came down, it's like this anchor that pierces that veil and splits it open. And then it goes down into the world and says, I'm here, I'm right here with you, I've got you, you're able to be in my presence, giving us access into the throne room of heaven. We're no longer shut out. These are the things we've been learning all weekend, right? We're not shut out. We're not in this stormy sea without hope. Jesus has gone before us. And here's what happens. When Jesus came up out of that grave, what was he wearing, ladies? He was wearing a crown. He set that crown down as he came down to earth. But when he came back up out of the grave, he was wearing it, right? He has authority over all these things that are going on. It takes a mature believer diligently operating in faith and patience to ride the ways of this life and be in a place of hope, knowing that your anchor of hope is holding you in the midst of God's promises and not only holding you, but taking you to a place of better things because he has authority. He wears a crown, a crown that split open the veil, a crown that pierces through death and gives us life. He has authority over all things. And he has promised there are better things. He has promised, surely I will bless you. Think about when the disciples were on uh, the stormy sea that time. Do you remember this story? They're on the stormy sea. Jesus is asleep of all things. Three of the gospels tell us about this, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But the waves are tossing here and there so, so much so that they're just thinking, all is lost, like they're hopeless, they, they feel doomed, and they wake Jesus up. And if you read this in scripture, they actually say this to Jesus, don't you care about us? We're about to die. In other words, there is no hope, right? But do you know why Jesus was at peace, why he was asleep, why he wasn't afraid or hopeless? Because even though he was in the midst of the same storm that they were in, he had faith. Faith that was totally mature, fully mature. He knew who he was. He had been in the throne room all his days. He knew where all the good stuff was stored, right? All those blessings. He was not afraid at all. He left all that and, and came to us to wrap his arms around us, right? He came down. He wrapped his arms around us and he pierced the earth, the brokenness with the depth of his love. And he rescued us and he overcame that wearing a crown. When he did it, it looked like all was lost, right? It looked like there's no hope, like we're all doomed forever because now the one person we thought was going to be the Savior is lying in the grave and these evil, mean people killed him. But what happened? 
In a place of no hope, he rose up wearing that crown. He's king over all. And he's king over our lives too. And he pierces through that. When the disciples woke Jesus to say, don't you care? He said this to them. Where is your faith? That was his question to them. Because he knows it takes faith to believe. You're not going to feel it in your emotions. Your feelings are going to feel like, oh, this is taking me under. Doesn't God care? Your mind's going to try to take you other places. Your will's going to try to take you on these crazy, you know, waves and all of that. But when you use your anchor, everything changes. It takes faith to know there is hope. Diligent faith to run to Jesus. I love the part of verse 18 that describes the mature believers. The mature believers who live in that kind of faith. It describes them as we who have fled for refuge, right? And laying hold, right? We're running into the refuge of Jesus and grabbing our anchor on the way, right? We know we have to use that anchor, laying hold of the hope set before us. We know where our souls should flee. We know who is Lord over our souls, our minds, our wills, our emotions. And it is my prayer that every one of us is going to do that tonight. We're going to look at every place of hopelessness that we struggle with. And some of us probably have multiple ones. And we are going to know that we have a refuge in Jesus. That we don't ever have to live in hopelessness. We don't ever even have to entertain a thought, a word, a feeling, or any action that says, God has, doesn't have better things for me. Right? That could change our lives. It could change the way our souls look on a day-to-day basis. When Jesus was on the boat with his disciples, you know where they were headed? The Bible actually says they were headed to the other side. And that's our destination, right? Just get me to heaven, God. Get me to the other side of this broken life. But in the meantime, as we ride these waves, this hope, this hope, not any other kind of hope, but this hope, only Jesus can give is an anchor. And there's so much meaning in that anchor. It describes our salvation. It describes his care. It describes our faith and patience. And it describes the victory, right? The victory because he wears the crown and he chose as our king to die and yet emerge as the victor. I remember when I was a little girl, I grew up singing this hymn. And if you know it, these lines, you can sing with me. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Now, I don't know about you. A lot of you knew that song, and I'm glad because I didn't want to sing it by myself. (laughs) But I sang that in church growing up more times than I could even count. But the reality was I was singing it But for so many years, I was building my hope on something less. See, it says my hope is built on nothing less, but I was building on things that were much less. And I did trust in other things that seemed really sweet, and I did not know how to trust my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions unto Jesus' name. On a day-to-day basis, moment by moment, I was running to many other things as a refuge and in the process was drowning in hopelessness. 
That song is very old now and many you know, of this new generation don't even know it. Some of you probably never even heard it before. And that's really fine because songs come and go, right? And, and new generations rise up and, and write new songs out of their expression and, and I love that. And we sing those songs. Many of those songs we have sung, you know, this weekend. But really taking hold of the hope is more than singing a song. It's a decision, ladies, that we got to take home with us as we take this anchor with us. And as new challenges arise every day, we got to reach over and grab that anchor. There was another line in that same song that I now sing, right, with confidence. If you know it, you can sing this part with me too. When darkness tries to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. Right? Ladies, yeah, every high, every high and stormy gale, our anchor holds within the veil. As God matures our faith and we open our lives, we say, God, I'm like a, just rain it out on me, God. My arms are open. My heart's open. We take hold of the truths he's pouring into our lives. We grow up in him. We learn how to use this anchor. And when those high and stormy gales come, we put that anchor down. The, the beginning of this chapter described believers who were living in the basics. Do you remember that? We talked about it on Thursday night. They were doing the stuff, they were checking the boxes, they were probably singing the songs, whatever they sounded like back then, right? But their lives were not revealing those things to be true. Ladies, we know better than that, right? What we sing, whether it's an old song or a new song, whatever song of hope, and we're gonna sing one in just a minute. So Amber, if you wanna come get us ready to sing that, right? Whatever song we're singing of hope, we want it to be true, right? We want it to be how we really live, day in, day out. We're gonna hand out these scripture cards that have an anchor on them, all right? And so, here we go again. So we want to Pray this word, right? See, when you ask this, it says, Oh God, anchor my soul in the hope of Jesus. And we specifically chose an anchor that looked used and old because we want to use our anchors, ladies, okay? When we say that, when we say, God, anchor my soul in the hope of Jesus, what we're saying is anchor my mind, anchor my will, Anchor my what? My emotions. What we're saying is renew my mind. Steady my emotions. Purpose my will in every moment to be toward your better things. This anchor is a picture of Jesus, ladies, coming to earth to rescue us, raising us up to life, wrapping his arms around us, bringing victory to life by piercing the brokenness with his authority with his goodness. God put that image in the word to teach us, to remind us. So pray into that. We're gonna sing this song, Anchor. Pray into that, use this card, use this image. Let God burn this into our hearts. Thank you.